The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pop, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise today. Welcome to One Shots, a Dum Dums and Dice podcast where professional voiceover actors and improvisers tackle one-shot stories created in a variety of hit RPGs. I'm your host, DJ OneShot 2.0, and I'm here to welcome you to Blood Packed Prison Break, another journey into the 41st millennium with the Dark Heresy adaptation. This arc features our GM, Ryan LaPlante, and players Tom McGee, Tyler Hewitt, and Laura Elizabeth along with special guest, Del Borovic. What happens when the dum-dums play villains trying to assassinate a target inside a prison in the grim darkness of the far future? Nobody knows, cause it's one shots. Dark Heresy Edition. Web 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 wow. In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war. Uh, and it is spread throughout the galaxy, but we are going to be focusing on a smaller part of the galaxy, the subsector known as the Sabat Worlds. 
not just a world, not just a system, but a subsector of planets that have fallen to the ruinous powers of chaos after the martyrdom of Saint Sabbat, who received either 44 or 66, I can't remember, but it's a significant number of wounds uh, while being slaughtered by the forces of darkness. But in a time of growing hope, the Imperium declared a crusade, stationing millions of guardsmen, you know, thousands of ships, and tens of space marines being sent in to reclaim the worlds in the name of kind of the Imperial hope. Over time, the crusade made some gains battling against uh, the forces of the great Archon Nadzibar uh, before Nadzibar fell at the Battle of Bauhaut alongside uh, the War Master Slado. Or no, War Master, yeah, Slado, Macross yep. new guy. Slado died. Um, <laughs> but right, we're not sure. actually here to talk about the Imperial forces. We're here for the other side of the conflict, the forces of the consanguinity or the sanguinary worlds, uh, the blood-drenched forces of the blood pact, uh, the servants, highly militarized, cornate cultists serving the new Archon, Erlok Gower, in his brutal battle to bring the true calling of chaos to the forces of the Imperium. For you, it is a holy war, not in the usual sense of charging at enemy lines, swinging around swords and just screaming blood for the blood god, but an official military crusade organized brutal to bring a terrifying truth to the rest of the galaxy, that the emperor is not a force for good. The emperor is a fifth brutal chaos god. So it is an attempt to liberate the Imperium from the false trappings of their church, but free them to engage with the terrifying masters of the warp that you yourself serve. However, chaos loves conflict and chaos loves battles for power and chaos loves champions who prove themselves. So the Archon, Erlok Gower, is surrounded by magisters uh, who are all, in a very Sith sense, only there's a team of them, uh, wanting the power for themselves. And the most crafty and capable of them is Magister Anaquinar Sek. Sek is Gower's greatest rival. He is arguably a smarter tactical mind uh, and a much more capable general. However, you all are part of the Blood Pact, the weapon that put Erlok Gower at the chief rulership of the consanguinity. The Blood Pact number, it's estimated right now to be around 750,000 soldiers. Uh, not in the sense of a cult, but based on the Astra Militarum. Highly regimented, mm. highly capable, highly dangerous. Made up of those born in the worlds, as well as a large number of converts. They actively seek out prisoners to try to turn. Every member of that force has blooded their hands on Gower's armor, scarring themselves ritually and swearing a pact with him which is the name of the term. Uh, they all wear armors uh, and cloth that has been stained in the blood of their foes. So y'all tend to smell bad when you're in your own gear. Uh, and once you have been pacted, uh, you all wear grotesques, uh, which is a term for traditionally kind of um, iron masks carved into kind of like spooky demon faces uh, because you become something else uh, when you join the force. The challenge is... At Salvation's Reach, a hidden facility run by, uh, I think that was run by Erlok Gower. Yes, it's run by the Blood Pact. Um, Sek attacked and managed to destroy the facility. However, there were leaks of kind of radio and Vox chatter that made it clear that an Aquinar Sek had been moving against Erlok Gower behind the scenes. A certain amount of competition mm. is allowed but actual directly moving against each other in combat is not, which now means there's a cold war going on within 
the forces of chaos in the Sabbat worlds. Sek has created his own force known as the Sons of Sek, who are specifically modeled on the Blood Pact, uh, which y'all would hate, uh, who are essentially more highly trained, kind of steroid-fueled, uh, more mil- even further militarized and better supplied Blood Pact knockoffs. Uh, they are much smaller in number, but they are growing. So within these wars within wars and these battles within battles, there are times where subterfuge is involved. And for chaos and for someone as crafty as an Aquinar sec, that means there are a number of plans within plans. And the easiest way to betray one's foe is not actually to engage in open conflict. It's to allow the enemy to do the work for you, which is why sec has begun to allow certain figures and targets of his choice to be captured by imperial forces and then give information on blood packed worlds that he's not actually on but opening them up to assaults and other things so these have become high value targets for the blood pact and Erlock Gower may be a guy who really just loves murdering everything in a military sense but you don't take over this many of sanguinary worlds without having some level of cunning which is why the four of you are being sent on a mission. All four of you are high-ranking, loyal, blood-packed officers. You've all been promoted. You are all members of what are known as the Death Brigades, but the deadliest, most trusted shock troops in the Blood Pact. You have been given a simple mission, taken away from your squad, taken away from the front line. You are being sent to an Imperial prison where you will be entered as prisoners. Because of this, you've had to pay a pretty horrifying cost for yourselves. You've had to abandon your grotesques for the first time since you'd put them on. Uh, And perhaps most horrifyingly, you've all had to have your hands surgically removed and replaced with new hands that no longer carry the scars of your pact for Gower because that is too recognizable. So this is a sign of the level of trust they've put on you because theoretically, if it was any blood pact trooper who went to this prison, You could just defect or disappear or live out the rest of your life in prison if that was your desire, but not you four. You four are the most capable. Now, you've all done things that have brought your attention to Gower. Gower's seen you in some way or heard of you or his top-ranking magisters or blood mages. You all have your own special disciplines. So I think the things that I would love to hear from all of you is we can kind of, I, I say go around, but we're all in different orders for different people. Uh, but I would love to hear your specialty, how you look, because the other members of your squad here actually wouldn't have seen your faces. Uh, and what you did that got you elevated into the Death Brigade. Uh, you are all super like bad guys, to be clear. So this is this is not the land we're of the like, baddies. oh, I did a heroic thing. It could be, but you're definitely on the side of like blood magic, slaughter, ruthlessness, evil. Um, so Tom, why don't we start? Who's who's the Edegauer? I think it's uh, yeah, Tyler. Are you? I think that's me. Oh no, yeah, Tyler. Tyler, you're the Edegauer. So Tyler is uh, the Colonel. So in terms of naming conventions, the blood pack come from all over the place. Um, so your name can kind of come from whatever. The only person who has a specific rule is you, Tyler, which is Edegauer is a, a military rank, but it's also becomes your last name. So you just have a first name and then it's Edegauer. That works for me. All right. Then my name is, uh, Carl Edegauer. <laughs> Carl, are you a convert to the blood pact or were you born in the sanguinary world? Uh, a convert to the blood pact. Yeah. Nice. Um, 
Uh, I think, um, and I'm, uh, I think I've made this confession before, but I'm not too, too firm on like 40K lore and like proper goings on and etiquette. So feel free to help me out here. Yeah. Uh, But I think uh, Carl Edegauer was uh, an officer of some kind in the like, like man's, excuse me, man's like imperial forces. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty incompetent. He was definitely someone who knew someone. He was somebody's son or nephew or something like that. And was given more responsibility than he should have been given. um, And was always kind of, coddled and handled with kid gloves when it came to like his responsibilities and things like that. And uh, basically during uh, a poorly planned attack, I think on one of the, uh, the blood worlds we're calling them. Is that right? Or yeah, the sanguinary worlds, the sanguinary worlds. Yeah. Um, I really fucked up uh, and, and surrendered thinking that I was a high value target and I would be treated with some form of deference that my, soldiers would be slaughtered but i would be traded back or something like that for information or something like that uh and instead uh i was converted almost immediately <laughs> uh and and my life as uh carl uh, edogauer uh began nice so what do you look like carl <clears throat> uh, uh i think carl looks uh very similar in general vibe to uh what's his name uh, worm tongue from uh, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers, just kind of like nice. a constantly moist guy. Uh, <laughs> very, very pale, sallow skin, baggy eyes, um, and and like long, unkempt uh, hair. Um, yeah, yeah, awesome. So I think he looks like he hasn't slept ever. Perfect. Yeah. Very <laughs> nice. blood packed. Okay, um, Carl, your. Uh, your grotesque, I'm going to say, would actually have been made of gold. So you may be the most offended by the loss of it because mm. the quality of the masks kind of increases your promoted. Uh, and it sounds like based on your history, the Blood Pact would have been most interested in you as a training officer. Okay. Because they're with the constant flow of recruits and their constant combat losses, they do actually seek out people who, even if you're not a brilliant commander, if you can inspire troops or manipulate troops or intimidate troops and create capable troopers, they promote really rapidly and they tend to kind of move people up the ranks. So that, okay. that absolutely feels right to me. Uh, do you have a specific kind of world that you think you would have come from? Um, this can be a really rough ballpark. Yeah. My, I feel like <laughs> based on what I just told you, my home world on my character sheet being Sabat worlds probably isn't accurate anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nope, uh, but we'll make it up. Um, let's yeah, say like uh, I will put you, we'll say that it was the Royal Volpone. <laughs> okay. Uh, who are, Think of them as like a very British kind of like blue-blooded style regiment of like everyone keeps their uniforms perfect. Like it would really play into your ability to do that. Okay. They're capable as a regiment, so it doesn't mean you're like a slouch in combat, but they would definitely have the possibility of having like some not so great officers. Okay. And and, le- and surrendering would be a real, a real oopsie uh, if you had done that. <laughs> uh, I think after Carl, who would be the one leading this mission, uh, let's go over to Dell as the demonologist on the team. So, Dell, yeah. tell us Ooh. about your character. Okay, my character. Her name is Vesnia Rex. <laughs> nice. Ooh, nice, my make believe name. But so she's a demonologist. And should I go with looks first or background? Uh, whichever you want. Um. So I guess her background is that she was probably from a a, a small random world 
that then the Imperials came to kill Xenosan. So she ended up getting rescued, but like rescued in the constricted way. So, yes. <laughs> so she ended up becoming like a super gunner person, like sniper and part of one of those groups, but that she never kind of fit in. And she always had like weird vibes about everything. And one time when she was out fighting with that group that she heard voices and a rift open and demons came out and killed everybody in her group but her and that she she talked to it and like communed with it and was the only one left there and that the the demon basically made her she ended up following to the rest of the blood pact so yeah. she has a lot of inside information about the imperium but was like the only survivor of that group and then moved on from there and nice. looks wise, the the hand thing is very upsetting because <laughs> <laughs> because some of her like abilities have to do with blood and bloodletting. So she is just cut everywhere. So it almost looks ridiculous because it's like <laughs> from <convinced>. here, <laughs> hand, everything else is like up all the way on her face. Like she has kind of like. Uh, like grayish brown skin like looks very sickly and she has black hair that's slicked back and like dark almost black eyes but she has like no eyebrow game so she kind of <laughs> looks like Lady Mads Mikkelsen style nice nice. she just has like those deep set eyes and like no eyebrows and just scars everywhere so love it alright and then we'll we'll cut over to our heretic which is Laura. So tell us about your character. Um, yeah, that's me. Um, oh, shit. Okay, I think uh, my name is Flinch. Oh, um, what? And I, I think it's it's honestly just because, like, I, I think I grew up in this, like, blood... I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know we'll any of the, the terms. We'll call them the blood worlds. It's an easy yeah. way to remember it. You're from I, there. You can be casual. <laughs> I think I, I grew up there. I think <laughs> I think my parents were super techy. I think they probably like I don't know. They, they probably were turned somehow. I think they had a, like an encounter with chaos and were just like, well, we're going over, folks. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I just you know happened to come along as like. A, a little baby um so i think i'm just i'm basically like kind of career like this is like this is all i know and so this is right which is that's pretty much it as is true for billions <laughs> of people inside you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah no this is all you would know so you're you're technically a member of the dark mechanicus is what they're referred yeah. to which is the chaos field one where you don't have rules in the same way you can make whatever you want you can build the warp into technology you can experiment with things that are beyond the ken of the imperium uh what do you look like um i look like i think I think Flinch is pretty small, which is why I think she um, uh, basically got into like the tech stuff because they were like, oh, we need a place for her. And like, she's like not very good at like, you know, holding up a big weapon. So 
let's make her techie. <laughs> She'll be useful that way. Um, so I think she's probably like five feet tall, kind of, uh, I think has like basically no hair is like, just kind of has that like weird, like stubble hair. Um, that's like all fallen out. Um, probably from like all of like, just like the cutting and like the rad exposure and other yeah, things. Yeah. Just like all of like, like she looks like she's been exposed to radiation and should probably be dead. So I think she has a whole bunch of like healed, like scars that were like, like, like sores, like all over her. Cool. And if you had to do a celebrity comparison, who would be your celebrity of choice? Um, oh, what's his name? To- uh, Toby. Flanderson? No. Toby Jones. <laughs> Talking like little little British guys. Yes. The villain things. Yeah, Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Uh, he played, um, I think he was Modoc and mm-hmm. not Modoc. Um, he was one of the villains in uh, the second Captain America movie. Yeah, he's the guy who ends up inside the computer. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. He's he's great. Uh, and are you thinking what what are Flinch's pronouns? Just so I'm sure on this. Oh, she her. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Even you. funnier with the Toby Jones comparison. <laughs> I love this character. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, Tom as the glorified of the team. Tell us about your character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so uh, my guy's name is Morgath Trevane, and he was the greatest warrior. Uh, all feared the wrath of Morgath. Uh, he hmm. was like John Wick and or, you know, Tony Jaw level of just, I will, f- like hand-to-hand combat, you're done. It doesn't matter, like single-handedly unleashed against, you know, the other nations of his world, uh, just uh, just feared and revered. Um, and then one day a single space Marine came and killed everyone. And he realized that uh, in a very Lex Luthor versus Superman way, no matter that he was peak physical condition, best trained warrior, literally none of that mattered on his feudal world because a single space Marine showed up and laid waste to everything. Um, Luckily, uh, soon thereafter, uh, a unit from the Blood Pact arrived and uh, they uh, together working, you know, in a kind of vaguely predator-esque way, if the space Marine is the predator, like set traps and like took the Marine down. Uh, and Morgath helped. Uh, he was a, uh, you know, a loyal son of the Empire, huge fan of, of the idea of the Imperium of Man. Um, but seeing uh, that everything he'd been trained to believe, like he was, he was invariably going to be cannon fodder and not even good cannon fodder. Like he wasn't even in an Imp Guard regiment. Like he was just some asshole on a feudal world who was really good with a knife uh, in a world. <laughs> he would bring a knife to a world of gunfights. Um, hmm. So he hopped in there and um, he wasn't able to get like the killing blow or anything, but he definitely like landed a blow, which uh, the unit respected. And so uh, upon hearing, not only were they able to hit down the space Marine, uh, but also their belief that uh, the emperor was merely one of several gods made a lot of sense to Morgath. You know, he was like, so wait, we could be using five knives and we've only been using one. That's really stupid. And everyone I know thinks we should only be using one knife. And I hate that. <laughs> he thinks the knives a lot. Uh, so he uh, he signed up immediately and he has been a fucking kid in a candy store ever since. He is so happy. He's like real, real like chill uh, now. Like he's just like he's still a murder machine. But uh, man, the world, the, the whole universe makes sense to him now. Um, and uh, he squarely places all that at the the feet of of uh, Erlok Hour. So he's like a, a big, big supporter of the the cause and the idea. Um, he uh, he looks um, 
uh he's got a uh he basically looks like uh it will, doesn't just basically look like uh he's owen wilson uh as hansel from zoolander so kind of stringy blonde hair that nice. like owen wilson knows um he is gorgeous under the mask but he has not taken that mask off since they gave it to him it's his favorite thing so it's really one of those like you know everyone's taking it off and they're you know all like hideous and scarred and like he takes it off and, like shakes his hair out uh and it's just really <laughs> bummed. it's just devastated to to not be wearing it um but yeah, other than that, um, he wears um, uh, his, his sort of uh, uniform of choice is uh, just kind of like the essentially like they the were monks robes from from his home planet um, that he's now, of course, like soaked in blood, and like added uh, additional embellishments to. But, uh, you know, a lot of the, the blood packed wear imperial stuff that they've made on Forge Worlds. He doesn't care about that. He's, he's distancing himself as far as he can from the idea of the Imperium. Anyone who would lie to him for that long really bums him out. So, you know, he kind of wears it as a memento. Uh, but um, he is also super bummed about the hand situation because like getting to cut his hand to actually join was, was such a moment for him. And, to not have that or his grotesque is is truly troubling. So, despite his laid back approach, he is he's fighting a pretty big internal struggle uh, right now because he is is uh, he's, he's bummed out to not be not to get to wear the trappings of of the cause he believes most in. To throw another thing out there, this this question I want to follow up with: each of you, when you cut your hands on Gower's power armor, uh, think of him as like an extra big space marine for the sake of this. <laughs> kind of like two to three times the size of a normal space marine. Very like holy oh, creature. Wow. If you worship darkness, um, you all swear an oath uh, to yourself, like to him and to yourselves, is kind of your ultimate goal in life. Uh, some of them have existed of like one of them. We're not going to do this one because it's too complicated, but it was like to try to say every known name of death in the galaxy. So they just, when they swear that oath, they automatically know them. And then all day they're just repeating words over and over again to try to get to the end before they die. Uh, but it can be an oath of any goal for yourself, for your lives. Uh, and I would love to know kind of each of your oaths. You can volunteer as you come up with them because people can think. Uh, I can uh, I can go. Um, so my uh, my weapon of choice is um, an athme. I think that's perhaps a theme, yeah, a theme, um, which is a ritual knife. Um, so historically, these were like there were eight that were super powerful chaos weapons that are like legendary and kind of like think like if they're like eight magical excaliburs kicking around like that kind of level of bullshit i do not have one of those um, no to be clear all of yours are uh ritual knives made of the bones of your first fallen enemy oh amazing that's oh, uh even better great so uh my oath uh being a guy who who deals in in blazing combat is um i believe i am not fated to die um until my blade has worn away to nothing so with each kill with each attack with each time i'm like damaging something um, you know, bits and pieces come away, but uh, in vaguely an Achilles-esque way, like I'm just full conviction of belief that when my knife has worn down to nothing, then I will die. But until that day, I'm invincible because there's still knife to use. And I'll say it's the uh, it's a bone uh, I dug out of that Space Marine um, on that that first day uh, back back in the day. That'd be a strong ass bone because they've got straight up like. Metal. I'm well aware, my friend. That's part of the reason they were so impressed. I didn't know that at the time. So I was just digging for trophies because I was real <laughs> mad. Uh, but they were like, oh, oh, this is a wise choice. And it's I was clever. like, yeah, all right, cool. So I think for Carl, um, uh, 
converting in this way was actually a legitimate and real awakening. He is not the same kind of just coasting by uh, elitist that he was. I think he really, his eyes were really opened to um, the wisdom of chaos. And so I think his pact would be to basically spread that wisdom and share that, that uh, knowledge uh, with as many people as he can before dying. Um, and I cool. think his, I have an, a th- sorry, one more time. A theme, a thame. I went with a theme, but I a don't theme? know. I've only ever read it. Okay. okay. That was, um, I always thought a thame, but all right. We can call it a he theme. Has, he has one as well. Well, Laura, you look it up and then get back to us because you've got time while Tyler talks. Um, uh, and I think, uh, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's his, his own clavicle, uh, because the day he became Carl Edgar was the day Carl Volus died. Um, so that was his first kill. Um, and it now, he now stores it like where his collarbone is. Uh, he can basically part the skin because there's been like a, an incision that's like cauterized that he could just pull out his own detachable, uh, clavicle knife. Nice. Nice. All right. Awesome. Uh, I hope it's Vesnia. good. <laughs> Vesnia, what is your oath? Um, so I think hers is is similar in like wanting to convert people, but I think it's less about like I think it's more like if if you feel like you have seen the afterlife and then you're telling people like there is one, like it's that sort of like there is more to be known than what you see. And like, I get that everyone is blind and can't understand that, but like there is, there is more in the world than that. And I think her anathema is going to be a bone from one of the Imperials from that initial like fight, but it's also like a giant, like it's corrupted by chaos because when the warp opened, that started happening to that, that group of people so it's like half human half like chaos monster bone nice that's really cool and last but not least we have flinch do you have a pronunciation for the word no there's both a, there's a fame a thumb and athame they're they're all one for each all right of us. We, <laughs> we're doing our I own win. thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so i think because um because of what happened to my parents i think i see basically anyone outside um of you know the sabbat worlds as basically like holding everyone prisoner from like seeing the truth and so um i think my my kind of righteous goal is to free uh, essentially like all of humanity <laughs> from like their own prison of their minds um yeah, and i think i think my theme is um i think i probably went and found my grandparents um uh because i think i i think there's like just some like blame of like keeping the truth from my parents for so long and so i think i went and just like slaughtered them and i think i took uh like a femur from my grandfather 
I was just gonna say, yeah, you you actually probably because yeah. if your grandparents weren't part of the military, they would have been sacrificed already. I think you had to go into a church made of bones uh, and have someone ritually identify your grandparents and essentially break the bone off this altar of what like, a fair. blood church. Uh, so still holy relic v dark um yeah that's great i mean if you're looking at why this team got selected we've got some strong answers we essentially have converts and loyalists uh three of you have very similar goals uh tyler i mean carl's is to like to spread the love of the gods vesnia's is to shatter the illusions of the lost and flinch is to free all of humanity from the prison of disbelief well you have an entire facility full of people who are lost broken and literally in prison uh, who you might be able to reach out to uh, and then Morgath, I think it makes sense for you to have gone on a suicide mission because you're sure you can't die. So for yeah. you, and also again, <laughs> like we could be worshiping so many more knives, but humanity is insisting that this one is better than the others. No knife is better than another knife. More knives is better than one knife. I'm with these guys. Let's do it. Let's make sure they hear the word, and you know, learn learn to think in knives. So now you're thinking with that knives. <laughs> right. That's what this is all about. But now you're thinking you, with your knife. <laughs> the four of you have been sent on a whatever top priority is. It's triple blooded to this order coming down in terms of the importance. You've been pulled out of your units and you are being sent to a prison specifically to intercept a spy from the Sons of Sec who has been placed to give information that will open up a new front in the war. This is based on not just a world that itself could fall, but a world that could take a system with it and could take the neighboring systems with it because Sec has somehow captured information. Again, you don't have... This is basically what you know about the high-level stuff, but Sec gave this guy something that will show a huge weakness in the lines that could cause a big roll-up. So you are battling to mm. save thousands upon tens to hundreds of thousands of blood-packed lives and to be able to kind of stop an Aquinar Sec from being able to weaken Urlock Gower. Because as far as you know, if Sec takes over this war, you lose. There would be no belief in the blood pact that Sec is more clever than Gower. So no, no, this is a subpar commander doing dumb shit. So you have to go in. Your first priority is to kill the target. You need to eliminate this person. Your second priority is escape. All four of you have basically sworn that you will complete this mission and whether or not you die is kind of immaterial. Again, three of you, that would fall well within your belief systems and Morgath is pretty sure he can't <laughs> die because his knife ain't broke. Look, if he isn't made of flint, uh, I do not believe that this man or woman or person that we're hunting can actually dissolve my knife. So yeah, it's great. We're, we're getting out of here. It's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> so you were being delivered a few weeks before this person will arrive, specifically about two and a half weeks early. Uh, all four of you will be kind of split up and set kind of through the prison population. And you have two weeks to kind of figure out the lay of the land, what is around those kind of things. And then because they've got someone on the inside, you'll be transferred to one of the top blocks. Uh, as you kind of are flown in, you're actually kind of sent to different shuttles and smuggled onto them at different kind of transport drops. You just have to have faith that you'll all be there in the end. Uh, you're brought in from a variety of vectors on really kind of like shitty prison ships. Uh, the prisoners around you are all Imperial Guard. You realize quickly that this is not a facility of just mm -hmm. like a general prison population. This is all soldiers the whole way around so that may complicate things because you weren't sure of that in advance but 
your blood pact and fuck these guys. Also, they seem to be complaining and this prison is not that bad. This is equivalent to kind of like a vacation on one of your worlds. You're like, oh, if I go to take a shower, I might get murdered. Yes, that happens at home too. Like this is all very, <laughs> I think, palatable for you. So you do realize that you have a significant leg up in terms of brutality and training on the prisoners around you. But as you're flown in, you are going to the prison that is simply known as False Hope. Hmm. It was originally a world that was codified as CX6778 uh, because everything in the Imperium is a weird number, but it was quickly deemed Hope. It was a beautiful garden world named by its inhabitants. Um, it was a small planet, kind of it would be a traditional moon size in any other system, but it was kind of functioning on its own. However, there was a fault in its shell uh, and when it was struck by a meteor, Hope shattered. Uh, and left uh, a small number of asteroids that are still kind of circling each other with a large one at its center. Uh, and that large center was converted into the prison that is now known as False Hope. It has been dug into the surface of this asteroid, projecting down nearly 16 stories into the chasm below. Uh, to give you a rough idea, you're, you're looking at essentially like the rectangle version of a cylinder extending into the earth. Uh, as you're all kind of brought in through the top floor, you're kind of marched down from uh, like a, a landing bay, essentially, that's been kind of carved into the outside and marched down in shackles. There are 15 floors to this prison uh, There are that extend down into the earth, each of them essentially a square with kind of a cross pattern through the middle of, of walkways, but it's around the edges are all kind of the cells. The bottom 13 floors they're just to kind of mass population cells. All of the interesting parts of the facility due to security reasons are in the top two floors known as kind of like Aleph or Alpha and Beta or what I'm going to call them for the floors. So you all are sent to your separate cells spread throughout the facility and you have two weeks to use your various abilities because again, this is a team with a variety of abilities. Ty, um, I was going to say Carl Edegauer, uh, who's been sent, he's the talker of the group. Uh, the best at kind of lying, deception, negotiation, actually being able to interact with people from his history. So that's kind of his his specialty. Uh, Vesnia, obviously, you have the power of the warp that you can bring to this um, as time goes on. Flinch is a heretic, meaning Flinch is if you need to open a door that is locked, if you need to affect technology, if you need to change programming, that's Flinch's purpose. Uh, and Morgath is glorified, meaning Morgath has been affected by the Chaos Gods and has clearly achieved some levels of blessing beyond merely mortal. So Morgath is a killing machine. <laughs> Morgath is the heavy hammer that is kind of brought in to solve the problems that can't be solved uh, in more subtle ways. You do have some advantages going into this. However, all of your advantages come at cost. And the early advantages, the cost is it will reveal that you have things you shouldn't. Each of you has your athame, which is your kind of ritual bone knife. Uh, and they have all been bloodily inserted into your bodies. So obviously, uh, Carl, you've got yours at your clavicle where it's kind of sealed in. Um, for the other three of you, it's all in the back of your calf. So if you reach down, you will have to essentially sever the skin above your ankle. And then you can pull the bone knife out. The problem is you can't really put it back. So once they're out, they're out. However, you do have a knife in a prison that is very good. Uh, and I will say I went through and these are upgraded knives. These are not just, oh, somebody comes at you with a knife. You guys have better knives. <laughs> um, you also have a series of abilities that are, that are very powerful, but have costs once you reveal them. Um, 
flinch, you have a full mechadendrite that'll help you be able to move. Uh, yours, instead of the traditional kind of clean little Doc Ock arm that you see for a lot of the Adeptus Mechanicus, uh, yours uh, weeps kind of like a black ichor, and it's also covered in like like twisted bits of flesh and muscle leading up to it. Uh, it has also been inserted under like a sack of fake skin in your body, but once nice. you reveal it, it's out. Also, it stinks. So it is very useful, but you will not be able to hide it. Cool. Um, and yeah, I think it's like kind of folded like down my back. Yeah. And Vesnia, if you use any of your warp gifts, uh, you know there is an astropath somewhere on this station. They will know that a warp gift has been used. Okay. That will be a very, very big red flag for this kind of prison <laughs> population. Um, you'll all realize as you're brought in that you're only seeing loyalist forces. This is clearly for bad actors in the Astra Militarum, which means they also won't have a ton of defenses against warp abilities. But if they find out, they will have all the traditional defenses of, you know, the entire Imperial Guard. Uh so you're all, you're all kind of taken in, you're put on your cells, you're, you're all in the lower bowels of the prison, and you have two weeks before you'll be transferred up into the beta floor. So you get a chance to kind of go around and do that. Every morning um, you hear, I'll give you some just like general stuff. Every morning you hear the colonel who is in charge of the facility, uh, who's Colonel Victor Draven, uh, he gives speeches. It doesn't take you long to figure out this guy's an idiot because uh, every morning it's like, all right, so it's time for us to do our prayers. Everybody's here. This is great for the emperor. You're all scumbags. Uh, I don't know, pray, pray good. Uh, I'm going to hand you over to uh, the arbitrator. Uh, and then there's <laughs> arbitrator Blunt Lively, uh, who is, this guy seems as capable as Draven is incapable. Like Draven feels like the hmm. frontline officer that they probably didn't want around. So they gave him a prison in the middle of nowhere he couldn't fuck up. And then they put a hardcore, you know, Ardeptus Arbites tank next to him. Uh, so you see him occasionally patrolling. He's in the traditional kind of like Judge Dredd uniform uh, with, you know, the full combat shotgun and a cyber mastiff. And that is worth noting. Ooh. So that is if you picture like Greyhounder, larger sized metallic dog with chainsaw teeth uh, that kind of strolls around with him. Uh, anything else in the prison? This is where we're going to have some fun. Uh, you guys get to spend two weeks doing research, which will deal with uh, some die rolls kind of based on your skills or based on what you want to look into. So I would say each of you kind of gets some time. Uh, I'll give you one roll and then we'll see if two two is something that feels valid. Well, yeah, maybe one for each week. Uh, feel free to choose uh, of your skills. This doesn't need to be like a an intellect roll or that kind of thing. I would say choose, if it's a combat skill and you want to learn things, uh, you can just stack cunning on it instead of using your traditional kind of combat characteristics or however you want to sell it. Kind of what do you want to know about the prison based on your expertise? Uh, I would say, Carl, I'm just going to keep picking on you because technically you're the leader. So what, what, what do you want to know first? Because it feels like you're, you'd be the most decisive in terms of your planning. Um. I just want to make sure I understand the situation so far is that we're in uh, a prison uh, run by the Imperials, right? The Empire? Yes. Okay. And the the mission is to intercept the Sons of Sek, who are not in this area yet. No, they are sending a spy who will be here to be interrogated in about two and a, like two and a half weeks. Okay. The spy has already been captured or whatever and is being sent here to be interrogated. And Correct. he's got information that will like punch holes in our defenses in a major way. Correct. So he has to die. Got it. Okay. 
Yeah. So, so your job is to essentially break out and be able to get through the prison to kill this guy. Yeah. And or try to get away afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the things you'll question, know in the game. Actually. <laughs> oh no, go for it. What what questions do you have? Um I just was curious what information that we're given. Do we know that there's three other people in our group going to be there, or do we not know that? Or uh, yes, you guys have all served together. I think you were all probably within the Death Brigade, some of the higher ranking officers in one kind of specific regiment of the Death Brigade. So you would be used to Carl being in charge uh, and you would all have been kind of in the command squads kind of thing. Like the rest of you are probably ranking somewhere between like a Sirdar and a High Sirdar, which is the equivalent of like a sergeant to a lieutenant. So this is definitely a handpicked of like, you're all experienced, you all trust each other, you all know you're going, you've all had the same briefing. So you know, when you get back together, you kind of know where you're falling. So you also probably would all be focusing on what you can learn from your specialty. Because for example, you know, it wouldn't make sense for anyone other than Flinch to probably look into technology ways to open up the prison or get what you need, because you know Flinch is here and will be looking for that. So, I mean, your specialties, obviously the glorified can kill anything. That's kind of the whole throwdown up close. Uh, in terms of Vesnia, you might be looking for, because your demon powers are generally based off of getting blood or things like that. It might be ways for you to either find victims or find ways for you to be able to kind of get access to the astropath because that's kind of a clear um, weakness. Carl, uh, you are kind of the human element. So there may be those kind of things you can look into. Like if you want to look into the prison population, if you want to look for weaknesses in the guards, obviously yeah. you've got a contact there, but you don't know where. Um, and then Flinch, you've got the kind of the tech side of things. Whereas yeah. for, I mean, for Morgath, it could literally be like, who do I want to kill? <laughs> There's all those, <laughs> those question marks as well. Who um, to kill first? <laughs> yeah, I would be very keen to kind of destabilize the prison probably through a prison riot. So I would want to know if, you know, if, if we have traitors to the empire, deserters, anything like that, um, are there gangs in here? Uh, that's one thing that I would want to basically figure out. Is also like, where Morgath would be looking. Okay. Right. Um, so what? <clears throat> oh, I didn't get a skill sheet out. Just a second. Stupid character sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we we get the dead rabbits led by Leo DiCaprio, yeah. and we get uh, the New York the, natives led by uh, Billy Furies. Butcher. Just yeah, exactly. Yeah, Just different gangs from different movies. Yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> we get the Jets. Oh, oh no, yes. I don't want to fuck with them. Are you kidding? <laughs> Ever since I lost my good hands, I can't do the snap fights no That's more. That's true. <laughs> Carl, uh, I would accept either a perception or a streetwise with cunning for this. Uh, I will say uh, for story points, because you are attacking an Imperial facility who does not know that you are there to be inserted, I will give you all five and I will give myself zero up front. Amazing. Um, I will encourage use them away like this is one of those games where don't don't feel like you've got to save them for important things. Let's bounce them around and have some fun. Uh, in that case, let's start strong. Uh, I'll use a story point right now just to give us that that edge off the mm -hmm. off the start. Great. All right. Are you going with perception or streetwise for this one? I am going with perception. Great. So, how do you think you're you're doing this? Are you just observing interactions? I would say probably your exercise 
per you know for your one hour a day is kind of they open up your floor so you can mm. either jog around the edges or across the x in the middle when that happens a lot more guards show up uh on each floor there's kind of uh to use like northeast southwest uh in the southwest corner there is kind of an elevator and some of a freight sense uh and in the northeast corner there's a walkway slash stairs there's like gun servitors and nasty shit there on top of fully armored kind of Imperial guard guys. But you, you have that at time to kind of schmooze or chat or watch. So what do you think you're doing to, to engage with that Tyler? Um, I think a bit of it is socializing Um, like just like free, like during like, like, I guess wouldn't be like free time, but like the time where you can like be active uh, and other people are, are out of their cells as well. Um, <clears throat> trying to basically speak with people and and kind of understand the social hierarchy that goes on uh, among the other convicts or prisoners, for lack of a better term, um, who to watch out for, that kind of thing. Like, you know, generally like being like the new guy in prison asking like, okay, so what's the, you know, who do I got to steer clear of and who's who's it good to be friends with, that kind of thing. And okay. gleaning from that where allegiances lie and things like that. Let's make it then. Uh, I think this will just be a difficulty one. Okay. Like I don't, I, I don't think it's hard for you as a new prisoner to learn where the gangs are. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think you might have that kind of going on. Uh, they'll they'll let say, you know who they are. <laughs> I'll give you a setback on this first roll simply because I don't think you're used to having to schmooze in an imperial way. So I think this first week, yeah. it'll just be during this first week and you won't have the setback moving forwards, but just figuring out how these conversations go outside of... I think it's like stretching a stiff muscle, you know? Yeah. I haven't yeah. I haven't done um, it in this way in a while. Um, I do want to just, for the record, state that I am going to be using my Memorance implant. Okay. Uh, it's neurally linked data vault and picked capture array built into both of my eyes and my brain. And it records information on people uh, and scenes viewed. It can later replay information or overlay info uh over what i'm seeing at any given time and basically i'm just trying to archive this very important information to help me devise a plan later yeah and tyler so if you take detailed notes uh feel free to check in on those as much as you want because the idea would be that you almost have those ar kind of glasses yeah. when you look at someone it's got the file of what you know about them that kind of appears over their shoulder yeah I will, I will do my best with the note-taking, but I may have to ask you for some... Oh, yeah, yeah, and I'm happy to fill in those stuff, details yeah. as well. Like, I'm just giving you full permission to re-ask questions or things okay. like that. Cause Excellent. The, we, we may, on good rolls, even be able to give you functional numbers on examples okay. as though it's a percentage where you okay. would know things. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's just, it's pretty light check, but yeah, let's roll for it. Okay. Um, can I weigh in on this as well? Um, we'll get to, obviously, what Morgath is doing soon um but morgath would 100 percent be trying to like by the time at which you're actually collecting this information would likely be in one of these gangs is kind of the direction i'm going so i was wondering if i can kick a boost dice uh tyler's way because i feel like even though i don't think morgath would step out of character to like directly have a conversation there would be a lot of like don't mess with this gang there's six of us um, kind of shit that I think I would be be helping. Yeah, let's to say do. let's say you two actually ended up on the same floor, just as kind yeah. of a quirk of chance. So it gives him additional factors to look at, which is oh, if you're a possible recruit or a likely heavy, he can also see how different groups or people interact with you. I think that's definitely a good call. Great. Okay. Uh, and that that takes the form of one boost. Is that right? Yeah, one boost. Okay. All right. I have my dice pool assembled. Let's, let's see how it plays out. Interesting. One success. 
eight advantages. Fair enough. Um, so you succeed. So because it is it is a prison, but it's also a relatively small prison with the, the Imperial Guard population who tend to be a little more regimented, um, you do discover that there are essentially three people running the primary gang at kind of the heart of the whole facility uh, who are known collectively as TKO. It turns out their names are Tillerson, Cato, and Olaf. And they are three kind of former stormtroopers who have all kind of agreed to work together uh, and run the majority of the violence and kind of murder sprees within the prison. It sounds like there were several other gangs as much as a year back, but these three through a combination of like ruthlessness, survivor skills, and some kind of connection to the guards have been able to kind of uh, drive the whole thing. Uh, Let's, twist this then this is fun um morgath you said you were going to be trying to join a gang you figured or get in with them in terms of violence yeah yeah there's a few things morgath is good at other than murder so might as well put that one to good use um but i think coming from a a culture of uh like a being a warrior in a non-military culture this is this is like putting on a good old pair of shoes like i'm i'm back in my element and knowing full well that uh, in all likelihood carl was going to want to stir some shit up Better to be in the gang than like near the gang when when that goes down. So yeah, I'd 100 percent be trying to get in with um, with them as a record. Basically, what I'm looking to do is be recognized as a highly capable murder machine, so that they will be like, "We want this murder machine on our team," and then I'll be on their team and just be their murder machine until I'm ready to do better murders. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say Carl, due to his massive advantage manages to over the course of his week uh basically out somebody who's flouting tko and kind of talking shit about them uh let's say it's a flame trooper he's like probably six three six four almost like 300 pounds like the guy who's big enough that on his floor he could talk shit about people who aren't in the room and Mm -hmm. maybe get away with it uh carl rats that guy out to essentially to like tko's local representative uh let's say their name is uh just a uh, Zick Matheson. And Ryan, just for clarification, uh, Carl is doing the ratting out or Morgath is doing the ratting Carl out? Carl will do the ratting out, but Perfect. he's spending the advantage. Uh, I'm doing this for you, Tyler. I hope you forgive me. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you object to this, to essentially set up a situation where they need a local heavy so they can mm-hmm. actually ask you to go take the guy out instead of anything else. So his advantage is sped up so you don't have to try to make introductions. Yep. Now it's just do a job, you're good. Uh, for that, can you roll me a uh, melee light, uh, which is brawn based? Yeah, man. So that's two difficulty, I believe. Yeah, um, two difficulty is the base. And we've got uh, brawn and melee light. Uh, so I've got, oh, yeah, this is, this is tasty. Would you, would you challenge him up front or would you ambush in the dark? Like, what's your style in this? Um, despite. Uh, despite his kind of appearances and everything else, uh, Morgath is, uh, he's about efficiency. Like there's no art to his combat uh, in, in watching. I'm thinking of like, again, very much that sort of John Wick, what is the fastest, most expedient way to dispatch you? There's no flair to it. There's no like, but look how good it is. Or again, like a Tony jaw, just being like, I'm just going to hit you as hard as I can. If you go down great. Or even Bruce Lee, just being like, if I can just punch you once and you're done, that's ideal. I don't need, you know, any dramatics. So I think knowing that this prison has one major gang, if it was multiple gangs, I think I'd have to call them out. 
knowing that there's only one, they're going to get the message pretty loud and clear. So this is definitely just like walking up wherever I can find an opportunity to and just <laughs> dirty murder. There's no, there's no art to it. There's no honor to it. It's just make this person stop. That's pretty good. Carl, do you think you would assist with this? Uh, yes. <clears throat> yeah, I think I would um, sort of <laughs> almost play the role of like the like WrestleMania manager. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I, I just start talking about how uh, <laughs> how Morgath is like the avatar of death that TKO has been looking for. <laughs> kind of just really, really <laughs> going full Paul Heyman. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's say Morgath for your role then. I'm going to add a boost because you're willing to ambush during a speech, but also a setback because the speech is warning that you're dangerous. <laughs> yep. Right, I'll totally take that. Yeah. And then let's see what happens. Great. Um, so I'll, um, as the, the speech is, is happening, I'll just, uh, kind of stroll up hands in my pockets and be like, oh yeah. Wow. Hey, that's real nice. That's a real nice thing he's saying. And then just like try and rip this guy's jugular out with, with my fist. Yeah. Um, you're all decked out in like classic gray prison fatigues. You don't even get a number here. They don't give a yep. shit about you. No, that's great. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's comfortable. Again, I'm, I'm a happy man. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, doing what I love. Uh, Here's a fascinating uh, situation that came up. Uh, five advantage to failure. Interesting. So I'm going to say you made a bad call in that uh, basically turns out Flame Trooper has some friends who were all kind of close. Uh, so you get jumped in turn by them. Uh I'd say you've taken beatings in your life. So it's not like they like cripple you or anything. Mm -hmm. Like you're able to kind of play it out on the floor. Uh, get a couple of bruises. Also, you're the glorified and your soak is ridiculous. So I think you you are a little warp powered <laughs> in a way that regular people aren't. Not that it reads totally cleanly. Um, so TKO now has knowledge that you are a heavy because you clearly like slugged it out with this crowd. However, you did fail to beat them up. So you may be able to like play some more street cred with TKO, but the threat here is now more looming in your area for both you and Carl. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. I'll uh, just as I'm getting walloped, I'm just like, oh, damn. Yeah, you guys are strong. Wow. That ow. Ow. Hey, wow. OK. Just, <laughs> ow. Ow. You know, yeah, this this isn't how I saw my day going, man. Ow, that's my face. Hey, uh, and I think eventually they just get frustrated. Uh, I'm imagining the the warp element as like my muscles, and I don't know this necessarily, but like my muscles aren't really muscles anymore. Like they're they're kind of swirling masses of 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 vaguely like mutated warp flesh. So it's just like punching and like stabbing, and the muscles are just sealing back up. And like, I don't really know what's going on, but I think eventually they just get tired and kind of frustrated. And also just this attitude, like there's no fear or there's no joy, like there's no joy for them. It's just a guy being like, oh, stop that. Hey, ow. Uh, so I think eventually it's like everyone breaks off, but it's a little bit like that guy who stole the mic to be like, Joe Biden's stealing this election. And then like no one touched him and he was kind of like put the mic down and left. So yeah, I'll just get back up and kind of dust myself off and um, kind of turn to Carl and be like, yeah, man, I'm really sorry that didn't go the way I, I kind of hoped it would. But you think we did it, though? You think that's good? Yeah, I think we can work with that. Uh, I think you've done just fine. 
yeah all right cool man i'm gonna go back to my cell now i think uh kind of sore might do some stretches all right yeah you take it easy but i'll like slap him on the back and just kind of give a wave to the the flame trooper guy and his buddies and just like <laughs> yeah he's got cell. like one black eye and gives you the finger like that's <laughs> like it's clearly like they're gonna try to fuck with you later but... i'll be like oh no Oh, I guess not here to make friends. Uh, just hands in my pockets <laughs> and just like back to myself. Awesome. Um, all right. Uh, Vesnia, you are on a floor by yourself. I, I'm not going to put the other two of you together because I want a, some chances for some fun recon. But what are what are you <laughs> looking for? What are you trying to find out? Okay. So the main recon is want to find out who the astropath is. So to, to figure out a way to disable them. And my second mode of operation is basically using the perception in general and just see if there's any latent psychers that maybe mm. she could push over the edge and then use as a distraction for the astropath or use them to join with us that not, is amazing not <laughs> not worried about any bodies because she knows who else is on this mission and they will make bodies when the time is right so Damn. This is all quite crafty. Okay, so you've got, <laughs> um, you're looking for the astropath, or we can probably also say information about the astropath if you if you end up in a situation right. where you can either ask around or observe. Because um, this all takes place over kind of the first week. So mm -hmm. let's do a, I think you've got demonology as a skill. Yes. And that uses willpower? Yes. Yeah, let's roll that because I think it's as much what you know to overhear and what you can see. Because I think it's also... A little bit of that synesthesia thing which is if you're looking yep. for someone to talk to with the swirling of the warp around you it can kind of draw you towards certain right and then certain... i also have warp senses which is add to boost to any perception but i think it, that's willpower so that's doesn't work yeah I, I no no add this to this because this is very kind of like perception okay. based in in my so opinion. how does this work with willpower versus rank like the willpower there's a number on top and then rank so willpower is the number of dice so of the green triangles willpower is kind of the first thing so you've got what four willpower I think? yes and you've got what three rank three rank okay so you've got four green die is where you start uh -huh. uh, however three of those are going to get upgraded to the yellow die so you'll have one green and three yellow okay um, yeah, the idea then, being the, I know you can't see them physically on your dice, but the yellow die are, um, the, the standard ones uh, just for your skill are D8s, um, but for things you're particularly well trained in or you have skill in, they get upgraded to D12, so your odds of, of success go up quite a bit. Uh, also, but you can only roll a triumph on an upgraded die. Yeah, okay. So there's no way to get like a crit without <laughs> On a green. Interesting. Yeah. Also worth noting, um, story points, if you want to spend them on your die roll, are used to upgrade those greens to yellows. So if you find yourself yeah. in a situation where you mostly have green and you're kind of fucked, great time to use a story point. Um, however, every time we spend a story point, um, it flips and then Ryan has one he can spend to turn great. our purples into reds, which are the, the evil version Bad of our version. yellows. I see. Mm. All right. Um, for this one, I'm going to say uh, this is because the astropath isn't on your floor and you're looking at the astropath. I'm going to say this is difficulty four. So you're going to have four purples. Okay. But uh, then I can use my perception. So blue is boost. So I had yep. two more blues. Yep. You get two blues for free. And blues um, are D6s. So they're still helpful, but they're not as helpful as, as the rest of them. And I believe their odds of advantage are high, but their odds of success are very low. Gotcha. Uh, I am going to spend the story point that I have. So it'll be back to five to y'all, zero to me. Uh, and I'm going to upgrade one of the purples to a red. Okay. 
Sorry. So it's 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 happened. like exactly the same role, <laughs> evil and good versions. Uh no, you you should have better odds on good because you should have three yellow to one green, whereas evil have one red to three. Oh purple. yes, you're right. Yep. And you've got the boost, so technically boost. you still have better odds here, but it's a big ask. It's a close. So let's, it's a let's... Big, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna push a button. <laughs> I have no idea what this means. This means nothing to me. There right. are a bunch of colors and shapes. <laughs> so uh, there'll be a written summation if you scroll yeah, down. So, Aha. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's also confusing because it tells you the dice rolled, <laughs> which doesn't help. But beneath actually. that, it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, great. Thank you. Thanks for these pictures that mean nothing. Yeah, here's your hieroglyphs <laughs> for the day. Okay. So it says I got three successes. Six advantages, three failures, and two threats, which means four advantages. Four advantages. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you didn't six. Yeah, this is this yeah, is the like, fun of this system. Yeah. Um, what I'm gonna say is you don't succeed in finding any information this week. However, okay. you do discover that there's an incredibly latent psyker. Uh, who is a janitor. Uh, think of like a jittery kind of, um, oh, oh man, what's the guy's name from Boardwalk Empire? How can I forget his name? He's Steve like, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. Think of like a, a jittery Steve Buscemi type who does a little bit of like muttering to himself. He's always hunched over. Okay. Um, his name so, is So wedding singer is Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yes. Or final act of Armageddon Space Madness. Ah, yes. Oh, no. Yeah. There's so many options. So he's got more freedom than a lot of other people here. You mm, feel like he's probably mm-hmm. been around from what you've heard for like as long as this prison has existed. Uh, he gets to buff the floors. He's clearly harmless, but like muttering to himself, not quite stable. Uh, he's not a latent psyker in any way you would find interesting, but there's just enough of something a little bit off or a little bit hollow in him. Yep. Uh, that that you like strike up a conversation with him mm-hmm. and he starts to kind of like you, like maybe he drops off a library book or something. Yeah. Uh, you get the feeling you could ask him things about what's happening in the higher floors. So you might be able to get astropath information, you know, during your second week, but you right. don't actually have anything right now. Great. So Great. he'll make for, er, he'll make your next check easier, but doesn't kind of solve all your perfect. Mystery. Perfect. And and because that's the way that my character is while meeting him, she would just be she wouldn't be just friendly. She would be like, I was sent here from beyond. I've been waiting for you. Yeah. yeah. Do you want like a book? Books are full of knowledge, deep knowledge that I can give you. Uh, uh, do, you do you know riddles? I like riddles. <laughs> I'll think of a riddle and I'll write it for you when you bring me another book. Oh, oh that's good. That's good. I got, I got an old earth book. It's got riddles in it. Uh, it's called uh, thy, thy Hobbiton. I'll, I'll go get it. I'll go get it. I'll go get it. Uh, and then he kind of goes off and you get a feeling like Thy he'll Hobbiton. be back. He's going to find yep. you in an old book, but we've made a connection. Yeah. This guy's, this guy will be w- useful in weird ways. My <laughs> new friend. I'm getting yeah. a real uh, uh, solid, uh, like possessed Dana from Ghostbusters vibe off Vesnia of just like showing up, being like, "Are you the gatekeeper?" It's like I, I could be. What? what sorry. <laughs> great. Love it. All right, and then we've got Flinch. Flinch, what are you trying to figure out? Um. 
So I think flinch. Now, do we get any time out of ourselves or are we just like 20? Okay. So you can I get think- an hour where you essentially get to wander around your floor. It's not terribly big and you're heavily supervised during, but you do get to wander around. And there are guards that are present there. So you can kind of yeah. see what their equipment is. You can see from your cell. Um, oh man. Do you have a D6, Andy, Laura? Um, I can in but a moment. Well then take that moment. I'm taking the moment. Because this, this system is, is not great at coin flips. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like to imagine that like when she's reaching under her bunk in the cell and there's just like a bunch of inmates have hidden D6s. In yeah. The, just out <laughs> yeah, it's worth mentioning you're all in cells alone. They do not trust crooked Imperial Guard to share personal space. This, this is the right call. All right, am I good to roll? Yep. That's a one. Okay, you you are facing the stairs. So you are on the south side cells. So you can see the stairs theoretically for people going in or out of them. Okay. Oh, so I can observe them. Okay. So I'm on South side. Okay. Um, so I think what I want to check out is I want to see if there are any uh, basically controls for like the cell doors around, um, whether that's like going to be on the guards, whether they have them or like, in a panel or something that's like anything. Um, also, if there um, is anything like automated lockdown alarm, any type of um, anything like that that can be triggered or overridden. Um, and I want to know if there are like basically cameras, like pick recorders and stuff around. And if I can see if there's any blind spots. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's go with a tech use. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say we'll give it a difficulty of three, just because, again, yeah. big ask. Very raises some challenge, but still not not too, too challenging for, I think, what you're capable of. Um, you probably got a chance to look at some systems in advance, because I don't think they would have thrown you into this cold. So feel free to add a boost to your roll. Uh, And then is there anything else? Also, I would have been like very much aware, like while we were being brought in, like. Mm -hmm. And and you don't have any of the social challenges to figure this stuff out that other people do. It's not like you can ask another prisoner, like, hey, how do you think the pitch system works? Like, I think you just get to do your job. (laughs) Cool. All right. Am I good to roll? Is that everything? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. End result. Ooh, three successes and one advantage. Nice. All right. So what you see, um, it's a couple of different things. Uh, There's a lockdown that occurs at one point through the week, and you realize that it's not on this floor. Mm. Um, From what you heard from the mutterings afterwards, it sounds like the ability to lock down floors beta to the bottom of it occurs on beta, but there's a separate lockdown control for the top floor. You're not sure where that is, but essentially if you can get to beta, because they did the smart thing when they designed the security of the place, which is... You know, the second floor down controls everything below it. So even if you take the second floor, you still can't free the first floor. And that's where all the nastiest kind of most capable prisoners are. That's where kind of the, the scary stuff is. So Okay. So can, the controls for al- like alpha, like just for alpha are on the alpha floor. Alpha's got its own controls. And okay. Stuff, it's not controlling like the rest of it too. No. So okay. beta has, the, gotcha. it sounds like there's some kind of security room or something yeah. you would imagine where if you can get in, you could theoretically pop the cells the whole yeah. way down and kind of override cool. their own individual controls. Um, 
in terms of the security, you realize there are physical keys that the guards carry that allow them to open um, cells or doors. It seems mm-hmm. like they're kind of their own floor active. Uh, they also have strange kind of like cylinders with chips hanging in like a fluid inside them. Mm. Uh, you see them actually use it when they go through uh, the door to the stairs. So you realize the key opens the door to the stairs, but they always hold the cylinder out in front of them when they go through. And it's clear that there are additional security measures that you okay. need a cylinder to get past. Um, and how are those cylinders on them? Like, how they, are they wearing just, them? Like kind, a, of, kind of where you would expect to see a metal on like yep. a soldier's thing. So it's kind of, they sit in a little pocket on their the chest of their armor. These guys are in okay. full flak gear, like pig with helmets, gotcha. LAS rifles and LAS guns seem to be the the traditional thing that they're carrying around. Think of them very much as your traditional guardsmen. Okay. Um, the regular guys don't really carry much in terms of weaponry other than the last guns, probably so that if one guy goes down, he doesn't arm four prisoners. He just arms one. Uh, however, when you see the sergeants going around, they have shock batons. They're carrying pistols. They also have grenades. You get the sense that when the surge oh, wow. tucks in, it's mid riot kill people. You're not seeing a lot of like passive or like, oh, we need to just knock them out and give them medical care style treatment uh, of prisoners. Um, Due to your advantage, I will also give you, uh, you realize the cylinders towards the end of the week are used to deal with servitor-based defenses in the elevator and in the stairwell. Ooh. Um, You can't make out what is inside there, but it's clear the keys do the doors, but the cylinders mean you don't get attacked by whatever is kind of waiting there. Gotcha. So that's elevators and stairs. Okay. Yes. Which are theoretically your only way up unless you want to craft something to try to, you know, swing through the open middle center. But that seems, I mean, I'm not going to tell you it's a bad idea, but it doesn't seem like a good idea on the scale of things. (laughs) Parkour. No. Yeah. Um, There is not a picked system. Okay. Oh, this is a this is a fun. low tech prison with a relatively small population, and it feels more like ah, if things are going to go wrong, they might just nuke the planet as opposed to really investing heavily in keeping this place ultra safe. Um, okay. you, you've heard things might be better or a little tighter up top, but in the bottom thirteen floors, mm-hmm. they kind of just don't care. If it's a riot, they can just chuck grenades down and kill everybody, and then just restock because it's right. a war zone. Um, am I noticing like? do I see like multiple guards going into the elevator or stairwell and are both of them holding out the cylinders or just the uh, first it one? It seems like just the first one um, okay. that they can kind of allow a group to pass. It doesn't seem like you need one per person kind of thing, but good you, to know. The, the thing you don't know is how often they change them or if there's different cylinders for different purposes. Right. Um, you just know they all had, seem to have a few of them. Okay. Question mark. All right. So that, that is your first week. Uh, you've garnered the attention of the TKO gang. Uh, there's a, a strange little man <laughs> who can help Vezia try to learn more up top. Uh, and Flinch has started to kind of figure out the internal security setups. Uh, you have one more week where you can try to figure out uh, or formulate different pieces of information before you end up being moved to the beta block. Uh, Carl, how would you like to use week two? What would you like to learn? I think we can um, we can capitalize on that uh, that prison hit not going perfectly. Um, I think 
Carl would be basically trying to review the footage that he absorbed through his through his eyes for anyone in the crowd during this big brawl who was like genuinely like really worked up and pleased and happy that these flamers beat up someone who's trying to bring down TKO's like authority on them. Looking for basically flamer sympathizers. People who were appeared to be quite enthused by the outcome of this fight. Yeah, I would say uh, let's let's have a roll for it. Um, let's just do perception again, because I think this is reviewing footage, which you fully got the ability to do. Okay. Uh, this is only a difficulty of honestly one. I, I mean, okay. it, it depends. No, let's say two, because you're probably going to want to do something with this information yeah, as opposed yeah. to just gain it. Um, for me, I think it's a wash in terms of you're not going to have any advantages or disadvantages on this. We kind of built that into the difficulty. I think it's mm -hmm. just, did you get something is more the question of yeah. then can you find it in a sexier way? So, right. Okay. So I'm just going to roll here then three advantages. That's the net three advantages. <clears throat> um, You find something in your footage, but we won't know what it is until we find out what uh, Morgath does on your floor. Because it's gonna, the it'll it'll somehow be impacted by this. You just yeah. don't know how yet. Yeah. Um, my 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 further to this, my plan is basically to start like almost like a whisper campaign of like, hey, have you heard that there's like some guys who are like pushing back on TKO's like muscle and, and like they're not getting hassled by TKO and stuff like that or that kind of thing to start to generate a bit of that conflict and friction between factions here. I like that. That's um, the ultimate goal here is because if we're trying to start a prison riot, that's a pretty surefire way to do it. Give me a uh, deception cunning. Okay. Difficulty three. Cause I think it is quite possible that you can sell them on this idea, but it's also not the easiest sell as a guy who's technically uninvolved and his friend lost the fight after being declared the best fighter ever. Yeah. I think it's almost like talking backwards through it and like leading people to these conclusions as opposed mm -hmm. to just saying like, Oh man, you see that my friend got his ass kicked. Boy, those guys sure <laughs> seem strong. It's almost like I'm like upset about it being like, I like, I, was we were going to to make something of ourselves in the TKO and these flamers dashed that and and just kind of like vocalizing my frustrations to kind of stir in those that are hearing me. Um, yeah, I think you're, you're having this conversation at like the side of your cell and there's just like a big kind of burly guy leaning on his bars next to yours. You know, you can't see each other, but you're talking. Yeah. He's like, Ugh, you know, make something of yourself. Oh. Uh, some good. <laughs> well, it seems to me that the TKO are the the main center of power here within the prison. And you're not and wrong. Now, now these flamers have ruined that. Now these flamers are getting the attention. Did you see the fight? Did you see my boy? He almost had six of them. There, no, he's are TKO? I, there are more than I thought of them. Yes, yes, he's TKO. And there's more it of these flames than weak. I thought. All right, uh, let's let's go for a roll. Uh, and I would say, yeah, throw a boost on there. I feel like this is actually a pretty convincing argument for like prison of like we're with the big guys and we're losing. This is fucked up. Yeah, because no one would lie like that. It's likely to get you killed for like two different reasons. 
Um, okay, I got my pool. Okay. Better. Two successes, two triumphs. Two triumphs. Hot damn. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grand darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and I'm releasing my report on the Valentine Heresy. It's an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Join Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, and Laura Elizabeth and Tyler Hewitt as Hivebred siblings Lyric and Alto, as this unlikely trio try to save the Emperor from a cabal of mysterious enemies in a series created by games master Tom McGee. Can these unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? Find out in the first episode of Warhammer 40,000 The Valentine Heresy. Available now. Okay, congratulations. The Flamers are now, uh, <laughs> over the course of the week, people are thinking there's like an internal war going on and people are taking sides. Like you start seeing a couple of other brawls break out between people that you knew were not affiliated over the previous week when you look at it and it's like, oh no, people are coming down on like, fuck you, I'm a Flamer. Uh, just like, fuck you, TKO. Like shit is gone from being quiet and hidden in terms of this conflict to straight up like, people are stabbing people and guards are being forced to come in. So you're starting to see more lockdowns, like things are getting more regularly, but you have successfully between these very weird checks that have come out, <laughs> built yourself a, a strong powder keg okay. in the, uh, throughout the bottom 13 levels. And you're assuming probably even above. Okay. TKO and themselves are, are in a beta block. So the nice thing uh, from Carl's perspective so far is that he's built a powder keg, but he is not like, a main player in it either, which he's hoping will allow him to maneuver between sides. He's not a champion for TKO or for the Flamers. Um, he's basically just been moving this information around uh, his floor. Mm -hmm. And, and <clears throat> it's spread uh, to the rest of them because dear God, two triumphs. Uh, which brings us over to Morgath, resident TKO <laughs> fake champion. Yeah, so... <laughs> I'm actually going to pitch that I don't roll any dice on this because I think what I was planning on doing is comfortably covered by Tyler's epic win. Because uh, what I would like to do is beat the shit out of myself. Uh, and uh, I don't think he would assume Carl was doing this, but he, this is the, the card he can play in terms of destabilization. Um, I just kind of want to wander the halls as a beaten and bloodied wraith um, just muttering things like, oh man, you know, if TKO can't even protect me from these flamer guys, like, I mean, look <laughs> at me. Like I, I spent my whole life learning how to get strong and, and kill people. It's all I'm good at. And they, <laughs> wow, man, they really kicked my ass and no one protected me. And if they can do this to me, oh man, I, I gotta wonder what they're going to do to you. You know, I guess none of us are safe. That's a shitty way to live. All right, I'll see you. I don't want to stick around here in case they come back and do this again. Unfortunately, because my muscles heal so fast, every five minutes I have to go beat the shit out of myself again in a different room and then just like stumble up with like different bruises and just be like, oh man, yeah, it's real rough. So I don't think I'm trying to convince anyone directly. I'm just like wandering the halls, trying to like up the, the status of the flamers while also lower the protective status of TKO by being like, <laughs> look at me, what's going to happen to you, man? 
Cool. Um, I love how this I, is like all set in the same tone as like, no, stop, like, don't hurt me. <laughs> as I said, he is a man who is truly content. He is, he has found uh, his purpose in life. And just, it means everything is gravy for him, you know? So Tom, I love it. Uh, can you roll me a, let's just say mealy light brawn again, against sure. difficulty two. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not to see whether or not you're successful in what you're doing. Cause I think you're definitely oh. successful in what you're doing. This is more, uh, about what do you see in terms of the prison sure. capabilities as they start to increase security? Just kind of, what do you pick up? Yeah. All right, cool. I dig that. Um, okay. I don't think I want to spend story on this because I also don't think this is a prime ability of, uh, I feel like this is the most guile that poor sweet Morgath can could could rally uh so i'm gonna go ahead and roll on that um who boy uh that is four successes and two triumphs <laughs> great let me give Damn. you a list of your possible opponents um, Thanks, no. so so you start why couldn't see- we ever get two triumphs in the valentine heresy like never happened once different gm man <laughs> rules are different yeah the dice tell me that i can't be mean um <laughs> So I would say, actually, this goes even better than you would have thought, because you beating yourself up so much means it seems like to the guards, you're actually being beaten every day with fresh injuries. Um, So you get taken pity on by a guard who you see uh, who has a mustache. Uh, He looks like all the others, but he's just got like a little pencil thin mustache. And he just steps out and he's like, you with me. Uh, And he orders you into uh, the elevator uh, you see inside the elevator, Tom, there are two gun servitors with heavy stubbers that just kind of cover the entrance. And the elevator, think of like a freight elevator in any building. Sure. You you do not want to get shot by two things with machine guns inside a space that small, but the guy's cylinder kind of gets you through. Uh, and he turns to you with concern. And he says, I, I was told that you'd be capable of taking out this person. I can't get you to beta block for three more days, but you're already getting yourself killed. Uh, you realize this is your contact who is smuggling you through the prison. Uh, cool. I'll just be like, Hey man. Yeah. I'm real sorry. You know, I didn't want to disappoint anyone. Uh, uh, but, uh, look, man, I got a level with you. Uh, no one down here is capable of doing this to, to Morgath. These are Morgath related injuries. So like, it's cool, man. You need me to stop. I'll just stop like beating myself up or whatever. But it, you know, I'm just trying to, trying to not get stabbed uh, before I go up to beta block, you know? I mean, you know what's up. Uh, and then I'll like look him up and down and be like, hey man, that's a really nice shirt. You look really good in that. That's a really nice fit. I I, I hope you feel good about yourself. Well, I, I, I mean, thank you, but well, don't heal up. I did some medical requisitioning. So yeah, just stay injured for the next few minutes. I don't know. Oh shit. All right, man. Uh, listen, you're going to want to move away a little bit just so <laughs> that you don't get any of uh, uh, you know, the more gath on your nice threads there. One sec. I'll just like bash, start bashing my head against the uh, the servitors and then like throwing myself against the walls. Um, <laughs> so he, and- has to jump, he has to jump between you and the servitors, just waving the cylinder to make sure they don't shoot you while they see violence. Going and then on. I'll like look at the gun and be like, oh, yeah, because they got the guns. Oh, yes. man. You know, you're not just handsome. You're also real smart, man. I, you know, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Uh, and then I will just do a full Bruce Campbell, grab the back of my neck and just flip myself. Um, uh, just kind of like <laughs> against the railing in the floor. Uh, and by this point I'm, I'm, I'm roughed up a bit. Um, and uh, I'll be like, Hey man, is that going to do it for you? You need me to like break a bone or something. 
Uh, at that point, just the elevator doors open and he's standing over you and there's two other security guys. And he's like, that's what you get for talking back to me. Let's get you into medical. Uh, and he'll haul you up by the collar. Um, Tom, you're on the, the beta floor now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see B, just like the big B kind of spray painted on the walls. Uh, as he drags you out of the elevator, you kind of come across and you see loosely it's mainly decorative styles but you have kind of between your time in a feudal world and your time with the blood pact where you spend a lot of time i don't know burning churches and doing kind of dark things you are familiar with imperial layout and the way things are labeled so you kind of get a peek uh as you get brought around it's the same square for beta block there are essentially the four sides of the room and each side kind of has one thing uh on the left is clearly kind of a blank slate a the energy that you're feeling off of it, because I think you could feel a little bit is that there's a lot of death. You had to guess, if you had to guess, you'd be like, that's where they execute people. Like mm-hmm. they take them in there, line them up and shoot them. Um, the medical wing is in the north side, which is where you're going. Uh, on the east side is a a kind of like steel, kind of pretty hardcore door. Your guess would be if you were putting security on this floor, it'd be behind that. Um, while on the south side, where kind of the elevator is, uh, the chapel, uh, there's clearly like a chapel and then a shrine. And you don't really know why you'd put a chapel and shrine next to each other. That seems a little weird to your kind of like chaos brain. Um, but you'll you'll kind of allow it. So so you get kind of escorted into medical. They deal with your cuts and bruises that do heal faster than they should, but they're bandaging them over and then they're probably healing under the bandaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor is, is a nice guy named Jess. He's just known as Tonks. You get the sense that he was... Uh, probably an addict of some kind when he was with uh, the Imperial Guard service. He's another kind of prisoner doctor. Um, Pleasant enough, Jittery doesn't really talk and you don't really need to engage with him personally at this point. Uh, The interesting thing happens uh, when you're getting brought back out of medical and being escorted back to the elevator. Uh, You hear the clanking of chains as you're getting dragged kind of through the space. And for lack of a better term, like an armored kind of a shipping crate is lowered down uh, with red lights flashing uh, and you just get dragged into the elevator. And as the elevator doors close, you see a bridge that has kind of collapsed from below rise while just a strange figure in like brown robes hunched over on a staff is holding kind of a cylinder into a little dock on the internal kind of railing. Uh, And you just see several stormtroopers appear all with kind of, hell guns raised and just a giant hulking figure is getting escorted towards this central thing before the elevator door shut. So you have no idea what is going on, but there is clearly some crazy prisoner uh, that is being brought in. And interestingly enough, you know, it's not your target. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say anything out loud to mustache, uh, obviously, because like, you know, I, I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. <laughs> um, but in my head, uh, Morgath is just like, oh, wow. Hey, oh, I bet Carl would want to hear about that. Oh, damn, I should have beat up Carl. He'd probably know what to make of this. Oh, all right. Well, next time. We'll only do better, right, Morgath? All right, cool. We're going to do better next time. I'm scared. <laughs> and he'll uh, turn a mustache and be like, so uh, you like music? course, <laughs> close. <laughs> Right, so you get escorted back. I'll say, I'll, I'll give. Oh man, I got to give you like that two triumphs. That was like one triumph worth. Okay, so there's also I would say you're aware of uh, a priest, a priestess who kind of strolls through the prison singing hymns and kind of there's like forced <laughs> sermons every morning now that it's closing mm-hmm. in on a riot. 
Um, she think like a trenchful looking lady. She's known as Sister Bruda, but everybody just calls her Sister Brutal because uh, nice. she is thoroughly violent. Uh, kind of dressed like a Mad Max meets Friar Tuck. Uh, and what follows her along, she's got like this strange like person, very hunched over, probably like a regular height, but hunched over almost at like a 90 degree angle, just mm-hmm. so low in these black robes of like dragging arms. Um, but you, because of your triumph, uh, managed to catch that there are things dragging on the floor that most people would assume are either this person's boots or maybe something at their belt. Um, they appear to have metal like chain hands. So you, as a force of chaos, I will say you've probably battled with some kind of imperial like religious flagellant? heroes, probably in an like arc of yeah, So yeah, yeah. again, triumph. Uh, you're aware that Archiflagellants have a command phrase that makes them psychopathically dangerous mm-hmm. and another command word that deactivates them. So your guess is this person exists and like sister brutal probably lives in the chapel along with the arco flagellant. Cool. So bam, the guy who doesn't understand strategy gets the most information so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I think as, as little as he understands strategy, there are like ways I think that, Morgath would would understand this. I mean, obviously, the the big piece outside is like, oh yeah, I gotta tell this guy with this. Like, I think this actually makes him mad because the idea of an arcoflagellant is so fucking frustrating to him. It's the same thing with the servitors, but like, he's never really cared about guns, so whatever. But just like, yeah, all right, so some like magic robot man made you real good at fighting and stuff, and like someone just says something, you're super good at fighting. All of a sudden, that sucks. You didn't earn that. You're just some magic whip man. With your stupid whip hands and your stupid kill phrase. No, no, that, that, that ain't right. No, fuck that. I hate that. So, like, the first bit, like, giant monster in a crate, like, scary guys everywhere, stormtroopers arriving. Cool, whatever. We got this. One arcoflagellant, and he is just, like, like, like religiously, like, blasphemy level offended. Just being like, no, man. All right. And so, um, he, uh, with this additional information... He'll kind of turn a mustache as the uh, as the, the elevator reaches uh, Alpha again. And be like, I'm real sorry, man. I wasn't really paying attention. Can you tell me about your music choices again? I know I asked the question. That's real rude. I'm real sorry, and I'm really interested. But and the man, elevator door opens. Fucking mad. Says, Go talk with your friend. Uh, <laughs> he just kind of throws you out and probably doubts whether or not he should have allowed himself to be bribed uh, into helping out with these things yeah. going on. And yeah, I, I think- appreciate you. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, the door just closes behind you and he goes kind of back up the elevator because he's had enough. Um, Vesnia, cutting over to your floor for this week. Uh, You've got your new friend. Yeah. He comes back with a book and he's like, yeah, so I found found the Hobbiton for you. Thy Hobbiton. Gollum. Jesus. Very, very good work. Here, I gave you, I give you this. And she returns the book and in the front cover, she writes... She wrote, blood is red, bruises are blue, warp demons live inside, and love you in a heart. Aww. I have, I have so, so little love in, in my life here. Nobody, nobody loves Torch. Oh, I know. I know all the people who love you. You just haven't seen them yet. 
they're beyond your sight. You, it's within you. It just hasn't awakened yet. Torch has an invisible wife. <laughs> Torch has an invisible wife and a new friend. Ah, oh, oh, Torch's marriage. So beautiful. So I do, I do, I do. <laughs> how help friend? Friend help Torch. Torch married now. Perfect. I know how you can help me. There are other books, other papers, information. I okay. bet you could find them for me. But what kind? What kind want? Riddles? Poem? Oh, nice poem? All kinds of riddles. Mm. I need you to figure out where the astropath is. I need you to find me information about warp security in this prison. I think you could do that. You and your wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lovers do lovers work. Lovers do lovers work. Uh, I'm going to let you roll demonology <laughs> to see how he does when he goes away to do his <laughs> Good luck, my friend. Uh, I'm going to say it's only difficulty two this time, like only two purple. Okay. Um, and I'm going to give you a boost because I think uh, with his wife and his new love, Torch has found new purpose. Uh, and I'm going to give you a setback bring, bring because pe- people who are in love make poor decisions when it comes That's to their fair. caution and paranoia. Look, it's fair. They're on their honeymoon. You know, like <laughs> no one makes true. good decisions on their honeymoon. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to give you another boost because he's looking, you spent him specifically for paperwork. And I think he would have the ability to get paperwork out more than he would if you'd sent him to like ask questions, but he would have access to like the astropath chambers or other things that need cleaning. So we're running with this book theme. Yeah. And then he could just get in there and look at through stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So So. difficulty two purple, we'll give you two boost and one setback. Okay. Do I still get my boost for perception or no? Because it's him. Uh, not for perception this time, because he's the one doing the looking. Okay. And Del, remember, we have, I believe, uh, five now story yeah. points. So should uh, I use banked. a story point and yeah. then I get another, instead of a green, it becomes a yellow? That's correct. And you get yep. four yellow, yeah. Yep. Okay. We so should spend these be... rather freely. Anytime it seems yeah. reasonable to do so. So is it four four and one then now? Yep, yep. four one. Okay. okay. So then I have four yellow, two purple, two blue, and one black? <laughs> correct. Okay. We're doing this. What are you I laughing have, at, Laura? I have faith in the world. You are secretly the greatest leader of humans. <laughs> Four yellow is just like unheard of. I think of. you are the emperor. Are you just corn? <laughs> I just can't. I I got five advantages and two failures. I just can't. I I, I the dice don't love me. I have but been there. My yeah, demon friend you. is just upset with me. I guess the hand <laughs> thing is just throwing me off. It's just I'm doing the best. <laughs> well, you gave me some Amazing. blood, but where's your hand blood? Honestly, I don't care for this. Yep. A uh, torch is arrested. <laughs> He's caught Damn while it, trying to steal your information. Um, I love that. However, could, the could rumor I... does. The rumor does filter down that Torch was arrested for trying to steal from the Astropath. So you do manage to confirm that the Astropath lives on Beta Block. So you know that that is true. Mm. Okay. That is all you know, because I'll give you that as a mini success for your advantages. Um, however, I will say, due to uh, to, to cash in some other advantage, there is an influx of new prisoners, which means. Uh, starting next week, when you all end up in beta block, uh, you will all end up in the same cell. Uh, it hmm. is unrelated. It is just good fortune, but it means you'll be able to do all of your planning. And if you can get out of your cell, all four of you can go kind of act together. So there's still some 
some narrative benefit from that much advantage yes. on top of that. I, much I, I have a, I have an ask that I don't know if it's too much, but oh, go I, for it. I kind of want to still have like a, a psychic connection with Torch so that I could use him as like a kill switch and make him like freak out. Uh, even though I'm not in, by him. <laughs> he's in a solitary confinement cell right okay. now. Yeah. But I will say, do you know what I'll give you? I will say for your advantage as well. Um, he, You know that he, like you can sense he is in the solitary confinement block, which is attached yeah. to the interrogation cell. Okay. So you know that that is on the north side of alpha floor. Okay. So it is like, if you go straight up in north, you have to go through those cells to hit interrogation. Um, Ryan, if I could make an offer, because uh, I could see you struggling with, this is a lot to give you for advantage. Um, why don't we spend a story point to earn that information? Sure, yeah. I think that yeah. seems a reasonable, um, one use of story points is for like minor deus exes. <laughs> Can't use them for like big <laughs> things, but use them for little things. So yeah, I think that that seems like a reasonable spend for us yeah. to be like, we'll burn a story point to have that knowledge um, on top of the, the advantage. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Tom. I, I had forgotten about that. There's so much use for story points. I didn't know about it until, well. uh, you know, I was trying to figure out if Laura was going to die one time. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Essentially for, I mean, you've all played different that games with us before, but a story point can be used as stress. If we're, if we're looking at it as the way we've used stress in various yep. things, it's just like, Oh, I have this thing that I would reasonably have. Here's the reason why story point you have it. Okay. Um, and I'd encourage you to think about uh, for us as players, like if for instance, it is trying to stave off death. It's not like you're miraculously fine. It's like you're back with one HP, but like shit is still really bad for you or you're back with zero HP. Like, yeah, you I can't use them to, to be get like, in. I have a rifle for some reason now. It's like, no, but, you know, yeah. All right, Flinch, you have your final week in prison. Ominous. What do you want to learn slash do? Um, <laughs> it, it, the place has become a powder keg. There have been multiple lockdowns because two gangs that you are not really aware of are fighting. Also, everything's getting dirtier because the janitor was arrested <laughs> for trying to steal from the cypher. <laughs> Um, yeah, they don't have any like backup, like servo janitors, right? Nope. You're not seeing that. <laughs> you get the feeling they're not retasking a, a servitor that has a gun from security to mop. I know. I'm just like, Ooh, what can I, what can I tech? <laughs> it's fine um, because now it smells like home. Yeah. That's, right. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I feel like we should all get a boost for that. <laughs> it's um, a morale boost. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, uh, this is tricky now, um, because I'm not sure what else, like, I can see. Like, is there anything else that I can, like, observe, like, at all that I haven't already asked for? Uh, I mean, you've observed what you can, but you could also, uh, you could try to overhear guards about things that are happening up further in the prison. You could be asking for other prisoners what they know. Like prisons are a rumor mill. So also if you've got some tech skills, uh, you could try to appeal to a guard to be like, hey, do you guys have anything broken? Do you want me to be the janitor? Like this yeah. is very open world, but in a in a fun way as opposed right. to a you need to worry way. Like it's kind of like, what do you think would be cool? We'll find a way to do it with your skills. Right. Um, I think what I would want to do is because like, I'm sure we've heard, we've now like heard a lot about like the other gangs. Like we're now very aware of like the situation. And I think like there has to, there has to be people like around 
who have like thought about breaking out, who have tried to break out, who have like formulated like even some minor semblance of a plan. And I want to talk to those people because I essentially want to like basically, basically like, I don't know if it's like convince them to, um, whether it's like, give me like Intel on like what they've seen or, or like try to get them to like do a breakout. So I like (laughs) get like, just like get more information on what's going to happen. Awesome. Uh, you ask around, you kind of have a couple of those little conversations, uh, and you end up, uh, chatting with like getting brought to the cell on your floor of an old man uh, named Smoosh is all he's known as. Uh, And when you go in, you realize he is missing both arms and one leg. So he is a one-legged old man uh, with like a long white beard. He's bald. His one arm is pretty, it's like his leg, you know, you can see there was burliness to the guy before that's kind of drifted away as kind of more of him is gone. And he's just like, what do you want? Um, and, uh, Flinch just says, well, I mean, I heard that you, uh, and, and like (laughs) weirdly, like can't really understand what you're saying. And then she like reaches into her pocket and basically puts something in her mouth and she's like, sorry, sorry about that. It's it's for for the guards. Um, what's up with your mouth? Oh, the 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 first the first day I was here, the guards cut my tongue out because I that was talking too much, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> she's basically like had this like, it's like she's like basically taken like metal bits from in her like uh, cell and like formed kind of like a prosthetic <laughs> that does like just for the tip of her tongue so she can talk somewhat normally. Um, Anyways. Make me some arms and a leg. Because hmm. right now I'm literally a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think we could come to some sort of arrangement. Okay, what do you I, need I, from me? Uh, you, uh, you, you tried to break out of here once? Yeah, it's how they smoosh my arms and my leg. That's why they yeah. call me smoosh. Yeah, well, I, I gotta know. Look, we're there may be another breakup being planned. You want in? Well, I mean, only if it's good. I don't want to lose my one leg. This is why I'm coming to you, so that we can be successful this time. you're like a week and a half, and you already want to take my leg? Look, 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 look. We came in here with knowledge. We came in here already knowing about this place, with the plan to get out. We got ourselves caught so that we could break out. Well, no offense, lady, but that sounds real fucking dumb. You were already out. So, wait. You're going to build me a leg, two arms, and all I got to do is tell you how I didn't get out. Yeah, and like everything you learned. All right, I'll do it. You build me a leg and two arms. I'm I'm your boy. You can take apart this bench. And he just like (laughs) hops up on his one leg and points to his bench. He's like, get to work. (laughs) <laughs> I think basically like she sits cross legs like all right well I mean can you tell me the story as I'm doing it like come on 
and she just starts like basically trying to like rend the metal herself. Just like, well, let's let's see how this first limb goes, and we'll see how much of a fucking story you get. Uh, so can you roll me a tech use, Laura? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make this difficulty four because this is insane. Uh, <laughs> um. In my heart of hearts, look, it's look. just the legs off the bench. <laughs> She's like, good at tech, not people. That's all I got. <laughs> um, Jesus. Uh, I'm going to say two setback because it's real hard to build functioning arms and a leg out of a bench, but I'm not going <laughs> to say it's impossible. Is there anything else you would argue should be added to this check? No, I think it's pretty ridiculous too. So Great. <laughs> I'm also I going to, to go great. Uh, I'm going to upgrade one of the difficulties for a story point. Yeah. Uh, that's. I want to see three triumphs out of this. <laughs> yes, I do too. I do. God damn it. If the dice just triumph through this whole story, it's going to be amazing and weird. This means corn has <laughs> oh, our back. I get to remove two setback dice from any tech use check. Is uh, What do you get that that's with? That's knack for it. It's but a talent fine. that I have. Oh, fine. Fine. <laughs> Neck two, baby. <laughs> Should have given me four, asshole. <laughs> well, it's nice to know that Laura uh, antagonizing the DM isn't a Tom thing, just no. a role thing. Whoever yeah, sits and in Laura the, the other day DM described thing. it as a fun bit I do people like. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> There's a reason Dell has to keep drawing new portraits. <laughs> no. We're, we're keeping Dell in business. That's the important thing. <laughs> Job security at this point. Yeah. All right, Laura, I think let's see what you get. All right. <laughs> Two advantages, three failures. I deserve that. <laughs> All right. I think uh, you've, you've built him a statue of a leg. Uh, and when he stands on it, uh, it breaks and he falls over <laughs> and then he falls down and he goes, because you got some advantage in there, right? Yeah, I got two advantages. He's like, yeah, I, I knew you fucking couldn't do it. I just want to see you try. That was all right. So here's the deal. I assumed there'd be some fucking way to get a spaceship out of here. But A, I didn't have a pilot. And B, I couldn't fucking find it. So you get up to that fucking alpha floor. There's some way to get to a fucking spaceship. But I don't know it. It's got to be fucking hidden. By the way, don't promise people fucking arms and a leg if they don't have one. Life's been fucking hard enough. <laughs> All right, I, I mean, splinters in my fucking stump. I'm gonna have to go to medical. Well, fine. I mean, at least I got you a medical vacation. <laughs> Just walks out. <laughs> See, this is the thing about people who are dumb enough. To, he's just talking to his toilet now. It's just like people are dumb enough to get fucking stuck here, right, little smooch? Yeah, that's right. He's got a warped little surface impression of himself, and he gets hauled off to go to medical. So, those are your weeks. Uh, after so those weeks, sorry. you get uh, brought up to uh, Beta Block. You guys are given a cell in the. Uh, Laura, roll me that d6 again. Ba, 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 ba. Five. Five. All right. You guys are given a cell uh, right next to Medical. So from where you are, it's actually a pretty good spot. So you're on the north side. Medical is kind of to the left of you. Uh, but you can see the chapel. You can see the shrine next to it. You can see the elevator. Across the way, you can see the like big kind of security vault door. Uh, and you've got some view on 
the like dangling kind of armored shipping crate that has kind of chains running down to it in the center. Uh, there's a little control panel on the railing, kind of close to where you guys are, right in front of med- medical. That's clearly the the way to summon the bridge to be able to kind of go out to uh, the shipping crate. You're all brought up over the course of that day by uh, Mustache, uh, who. Uh, doesn't, I think, doesn't entirely reveal that he's your contact, uh, but once you're in the cell, Morgath makes it clear that that guy was your contact. Uh, hey, yeah, that guy's our contact. I know, because he's got a mustache. You're all together. You have your shared knowledge. Uh, you know what you know about the prison now and from what you can see. I will say, uh, for the sake of sanity, you would recognize the symbols with your warp site, uh, Vesnia, the small shrine next to the chapel is clearly the Astropath Shrine. Right. It would make sense for Imperial thoughts of the warp being bad to put it right next to the safe chapel because it means the preacher is right there if anything goes wrong. Um, Also, over the course of that day, the Astropath kind of goes out for a walk and you see that there is an arbitrator escorting the Astropath around. So clearly there is some some heavy stuff it's not just like oh the astropath just gets whatever they want it's like no that's what's going on uh and based on uh morgath's uh view of what occurred the astropath is clearly the one with the cylinder key that will give you access to the heavy box if you want to take that bridge uh you've got to go in there you all know kind of what you know about the prison you're all reunited after this time weirdly able to see each other's faces with your smooth hands that you hate Uh, It's time for you to plan your prison break to figure out how you want to break out and what you want to do before you get there. Our Blood Patch Prison Break Dark Heresy Adventure features our GM Ryan LaPlante, along with players Tom McGee, Tyler Hewitt, Laura Elizabeth, and Del Borovic. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the OneShot's logo was created by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker, that's M-R-K-R, on Twitter. This show's theme music is Gothic Trip with Thunder Horse by Damiano Baldoni. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. Or you could join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. I'm DJ OneShot 2.0. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to smash that subscribe button and show your love to OneShots. Web 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 wow. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Great Dane, Acrix, 
Cameron Ezel, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.